Hi, I'm Amalia. And I'm Andreas. And you have tuned in to the Seekers and Healers podcast. Where we have conversations about the soul, the mind, the body, and all things spirit. This is for the Seekers and this is for the Healers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Seekers and Healers. Seekers and Healers. Uh, and uh, today we are actually being joined by our first guest today. Drum roll. <laughs> we are being joined by Amy, also known on uh, social media as Rip Snorter. Um, what we're here today, because Seekers and Healers podcast, if you've never joined our podcast or listened to our podcast before, uh, um, the, we are the hosts, Andreas uh, and myself, Amalia. Um, do you want to say hello, Andreas? Uh, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically, if you've never listened before, our podcast is in regards to seeking and healing and how that interacts with um, how, how that interacts differently with people's journey. So, um, journey. So today we um, were really interested in um, hearing um, how seeking and healing has come into play in Amy's uh, journey um, because, she, uh, you know, her and I are actually quite good. Uh, we've known each other for some years now and um, I find her story and her life path uh, quite an inspiring one and so we thought that we'd bring her onto the podcast. Thank you for um, agreeing to that, Amy. Yeah, thank mm. you. Such a pleasure. Mm. And um, I'll just give you a little bit of a background first um, of how Amy and I actually came into connection with each other. Don't worry, I won't drag the story on too long. Yeah, this is good <laughs> because I don't know this as well, just prefacing. I'm very, like, I don't know much about um, your friendship. So I'm really excited to learn about this connection. Yay. Yeah, so Andreas has actually um, never met um, Amy either. So he is um, just in the same seat as um, you are, if you don't know Amy either, um, to the dear listeners out there. So um, we're just going to flow organically through this one. But uh, Amy and I met through a mutual friend um, some years ago, um, back when Amy was um, a solo parent, as am I. Mm-hmm. Um. And a, sol- a, a mutual friend brought us together and then we just started connecting more on Instagram and I think we both were desiring, um, you know, uh, friendships that were on the same same wavelength. Yes. Uh, mm, would you say so, Amy? Oh, 100%. And I was on the precipice of shifting gears in my life and I think you sort of orbited close enough or uh, we orbited close enough to, to each other um, mm. to support each other and you especially to support me in in letting go of where I was at and moving into a new space. Mm, exactly, yeah. I remember there was um, a period of time where, um, yeah, you were definitely, and I was also kind of in that space with you as well, you know, parties and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, <laughs> self-discovery, um, which is quite deep as a, as a single parent. And, um, yeah, I just, my intuition sort of told me that you had come into my life because you were kind of serious about moving into a next stage of your life and healing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, I think I was, I felt as though, like that was a good supportive place for me to be as well as you and toward me as well 
then we've just been friends since then. We had like a good group um, of women that we kind of brought together as well in that. We all kind of connected through social media. We had a, a little group called the Harry Milfs for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And, um, yeah, we were all sort of, um, yeah, parents, mothers, and just a little bit more on the alternative spectrum. Mm-hmm. Alternative and in inverted commas. Um so yeah, so that's the that's the basic um gist. But what I'm really interested, what I was really interested to have you on the podcast is because I I wanted to hear from you and share with, you know, in community with other listeners, um, perhaps other people that are on the precipice of healing in their own life as well, or just need that inspiration on how um, come into a deeper understanding. It doesn't matter what path you're on, what background you come from and whatnot and how you can come um, use seeking and healing um, as a kind of tool to become more of yourself, which I feel like that's um, what has been happening in your life. Would do you want to tell us a little bit about your story um, and uh, where you've sort of come from and how seeking and, and or healing has what how has that been a big part of your life Amy yeah thanks for um sharing all of that Amalia and and for seeing that in me and and wanting to bring me into this space um it certainly resonates deeply and um you know I if you had have asked me like 10 years ago would I be where I am now there's absolutely no that felt like um, an achievable goal. Um, Mm. I mean, I grew up in, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of insight into where I am now. So I'm uh, a qualified counsellor. I'm a holistic counsellor. I work um, intentionally outside of the system. So I've chosen not to be registered um, and not to work within like a traditional, um, the traditional paradigm, I suppose you could say. Um, I call myself a mentor rather than a counsellor. So I largely work with birthing women and people or people that are on the childbearing continuum. So that might be people who are preconception or pregnant or, you know, moving into birthing their baby um, and parenting. But I also work with anyone that's sort of moving through some kind of transitional life experience. Um, And I'm trained in that. I'm a trained counsellor, but what I find... I call on more in that space is my own lived experience and um, the seeking that I have done in my own um, timeline in my, on my own journey. Um, So I have three kids. I'm, you know, in a loving partnership. I live forest and Bunjalong country. um, And largely I am living a life that was something I would have looked at from the outside as a child or as a younger version of myself and thought was completely unattainable to me. Mm. Um, and I think that for me really tied into like a lineage of um, scarcity, a lineage of trauma uh, and a deep lack of self-worth that was present within myself and that was present within all of my family, you know, for as far back as I we can recall, you know, generationally. Mm. Um so I, I grew up in housing commission. My mother was um, on welfare. I was 
doing drugs and deep in just fucking my trauma and pain body from, you know, a young age, but doing drugs from the age of like 13. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that was my story for a really long time, like almost two decades, you know, of, of being on that trajectory um, and seeing the timelines that were before me of, you know, being an addict for my life. That was a story in um, my lineage and one that even though I, when I was in it, um, it didn't, I, I could always see another timeline. I could always see another path. Too. Um, mm. But I knew that if I had the fucking, you yep. know, support, if I could just devote myself enough to it, I could get out. Um, and I did. Wow. Um, yes, you did. Yeah, I did. And it's still, I still have moments where I, you know, drugs are crazy, man, because it's like we have this lens of what it means to be a drug user or a substance abuser and, um, you know, the darkness that that entails. And yet from where I am now looking back at myself, like I was trying to connect to God. I was trying Mm. to reconnect to myself. I wanted to feel um, spirit. I wanted to feel held, you know, I, I, some, something wasn't right for me in this, um, in how I was living. And so I was trying to connect to something else. And I think that perspective, um, could shift a lot, you know, it shifted a lot for me in, in terms of self-compassion and self-forgiveness, but it could shift a lot in our society. Often, you know, people that abuse substances are seekers and healers in their own way. Absolutely. Mm, mm. and it's thank you for sharing that i because i again like um reiterating i don't know your story i know a little i'm vague on um a lot of the details but i really intentionally wanted to keep that closed because i wanted to hear this organically and you know what? i resonate with that 100 percent, and mm-hmm. i just my heart just is opening as you're speaking your story so i when I have a question. I know it's probably too early for questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, in your work, do you also um, counsel men and women? Or yes. is it? Oh, right. Okay, great. Yeah. So I, I work with um, people of, you know, all across the gender spectrum. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the way I call myself a transpersonal birth mentor um because I'm not just working with birth in the physical sense of birthing a child, but more so that birth has an energy and that Mm. energy is present in so many different aspects of how we live and experience ourselves. So, you know, drug addiction might be one of those um, transitions of rebirth where the energy of birth is present or, you know, the end of a relationship or, um, yeah, any kind of transition in our life, like has the essence of birth and rebirth within it. So mm-hmm. I work with all different kinds of people. That's amazing. It's that. it's actually funny that you say that, Amy, because Andreas and I were chatting earlier um, today. Mm. And um, he, what did you say, Andreas? Because I'm actually, let's just um, be, be a little bit public in something. I, I, I started. <laughs> oh, she's going to do it. <laughs> oh terrible no but um that's how we roll we had a conversation about that about um birth 
Mm. And what did you say, Andreas? I what said, was um, and I'm paraphrasing it because I think I I held it in my mind and I figured a different way to word it much more succinctly. Yeah. Um, the greatest force and power mothers have in this world is the ability to create and destroy. Yes. And, you know, creation in building something from ruins mm-hmm. or creating something fresh yes um or building things together and destruction is tearing something down tearing obstacles and then making way for something new it's a continuous cycle mm-hmm. but that power is inherent in mm-hmm. all people yes women them etc yes it's not excluded to just mothers i think we all have an aspect of the mother archetype in all of us yes so when i hear about amalia's story um, Which was ending that... ending a dating relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'll, to be I, I need to hear more later. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably slide out later. But yeah, and I, I I we were just chatting, and then it just came out. I was like, you know what? The greatest power you should have, and all you do have, is the ability to create. Yes, and it was just something that flew flew out like that. Yes, but, I love it, and um, you know, I like to think of mothering as a verb. Mother mm. is mother is a verb. It's not just a noun. And we all, as you just said, Andreas, have the mother archetype within us, and we are all mothering ourselves and each other and the earth and being mothered, um, you know, in different manifestations. And by virtue, you know, in a really physio- physiological sense, like by virtue of having a womb, we carry birth and death within us, like the the capacity to um, to create life and to take life away. Um, just by virtue of having a womb um, mm. and that so I really you know that that power that you're talking about like that really lands in my body I really resonate with how you described that yeah and yeah. actually I do want to interject because it's popped up as well anyone else who listens to this and thinks uh, in any negative opposition um, wombs and motherhood and all that strength and power is not a weakness and F you if you think so otherwise. Amen. <laughs> Amen, my brother. I'm here for it. Needed to be said. Yes. 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 Just, uh, just to this a little, a little portal of this one is that what we give to women, yeah. what we give to women and mothers, they make better. We make it better. Like you give oh, us, yeah. cum, you yeah. give us come, we make a baby. <laughs> 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 I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Alchemy at its truest sense. I was also, as you were talking about your um, story, Amy, I was just wondering whether there was anything um, in particular that kind of like, or it might not necessarily be one particular thing, but was there something that really shook you or woke you up and you just said, okay, fuck this. Um, I'm going to make a change or I'm going to choose this other timeline um, or I'm going to really jump into this other way of life. Like, was there anything in particular that um, sort of woke you up at all? Um, For me, I had so many rock bottoms, like so many of those moments where I would be, have done something or something that had been done to me where I would be in absolute ruins and thinking to myself okay this is it you know and it would be for a little while it would and then I'd be back on that train of whatever and like I 
addiction for me is not so much being addicted to a substance, but addicted to feeling bad, addicted to being in chaos because that's where my nervous system was at. That's where I felt mm. comfortable in it. So I would say I spent a decade um, hitting rock bottom over and over again. It wasn't until, and I would have long periods where I'd do really well and I was constantly um, striving. I never gave up on life and on on more, you know, wanting more for myself. Um, and that's why each of those rock bottom periods for me, like that's where I harnessed a lot of wisdom and that's where I harnessed a lot more capacity um, to hold like the totality of myself and what I needed in order to fully step, to fully step into being um, who I am, like who I who I was before I was hurt. Really, like I met the love of my life, and um, you know we went through a trauma together, and just and choosing each other, um, which also meant choosing ourselves as individuals. Um, that was having someone there with me, you know, who me absolutely at my worst and I had seen him at his absolute worst and to love each other through it um, was really profound, um, really profound. And then we, of course, had my son, Zevin, um, and that for me was a really, um, yeah, like just fucking blew the lid off everything. Like mm -hmm. I had the unassisted birth of my son, like I was, that was the most psychedelic, like powerful, profound experience that I'd had in my life. Um, mm. so, so, I mean, I think that's a long winded way of saying there were lots of moments. There yeah. were so many things and so many moments um, that, yeah, carved yeah. the pathway. You couldn't possibly narrow them down into one aspect that like, it's still a journey unfolding. Totally. I... I, there was something you said about like, um, I don't know, oh, I'm such a pop culture guy, you just have to get used to it. But as you were talking about being in ruins and addictions, like I kept like going, oh, Florence Welsh, yes. <laughs> um, because I resonate that with that as well. Like I remember um, you said specifically that um, each of those rock bottoms, even though you were in it, I'm paraphrasing now, but um, mm -hmm. that you kept wanting more, right? Yeah. That yearning. Fuck. I, I, you know, I, I, I see that and cause I've been there as well. Yes. I probably still am in some ways, but um, that resonates so deeply because I think that is the biggest thing in terms of the journey of being coming a seeker and a healer yes. is that we're constantly looking for the light that we're going, no, there is more. We can keep going it, with, without support. Like you said, we all just need support. Yeah. We have that. We open up. Mm -hmm. That's why uh, it's important to have groups and have community. Yes. And it's why, you know, when we like surrender in some way to spirit, we can have that support wherever we are in, in our journey, yeah. you know? And, and for me, like spirit is the mystery is the not knowing. And also like a big, big support part as part of my support network has been my ancestors and my ancestry mm. and um really feeling held like the amount of times I should have died dude like something in my life every single time I couldn't fucking die 
<laughs> even though I should have, you know, like mm. quote unquote, so many times. Oh, um, dark. And then when I started having, you know, like psychedelic experiences and doing rebirthing breath work and actually connecting with spirit and connecting with my ancestors, they were like, yeah, we were there every time. We were there every time. Um, and thank you for finally seeing us. I love that. I mean, when you talk about your ancestors, um, Amy, what does that really mean to you if you want to elaborate to um, anyone listening and, you know, perhaps they might want to begin connecting to their ancestors? What does that really mean to you? And what would you um, say to somebody out there that might be in that space of feeling lost and might need that support of that ancestral support? What would you say? would help somebody um, to connect more deeply to that space? Mm. Well, our, like, our literal bodies are the manifestation of our ancestors. Like, on, you know, beyond the esoteric, like, in a very literal sense, our bodies are built from, like, the memories of our ancestors. Mm. And so they are with us all the time. Like, for me, who I am deeply connected to are my Māori ancestors of Tararua and Napui um, lineage. Mm. And um, when we know where we come from, like we know that we belong on this earth, like it's unfuckwithable. If we can remember that we belong here and that there are people who dreamed of us and who fought for us and who fought for our freedom and who fought for us to be in this space now as we are to do the work that we are here to do. Um, for me, that fills me with like vitality. It fills, it, it nourishes me. It makes me feel safe and it makes me feel wanted. Mm. Um, and no matter who we are, like if we go back far enough into our lineage, we are people of the land. Like the mother is our, the earth is our mother. Um, mm. And I think that's a really important point. Like we don't know, have to know exactly where we come from to know that we belong um, to the land and that we belong to earth and we can turn to her and be mothered by her at any time. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> I find that really interesting as well because, well, first I wanted to say I've, it's interesting because the three of us, um, we're all halfies, like we're all half, we're half like European and then half um uh, I'm half Indonesian. Andreas is half, um, basically uh, Filipino, mm-hmm. and Amy basically, <laughs> basically, <laughs> <laughs> and Amy is half um, Maori. So, um, how does that sort of like when you when you think of that blending mix? As mm-hmm. When because I know that for me personally, when you're talking about your ancestors on the Maori side. I feel a deep resonance to my ancestors on my Indonesian side. But um, for a long time, I was kind of rejecting my like European ancestors as well, because Mm. I kind of felt that shame um, and that disappointment as well. And that colonial aspect, does that come into, um, how does that come into your recognition of your ancestry? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's like, like a, it's, it's life's work, right? Like unraveling that and and, um, and making peace with it because to hate, you know, I've certainly gone on, gone through stages of my life where I've like hated whiteness, where I have, where it is triggering, where it is, I feel there is so much damage done um, at the hands of white supremacy, but yet to hate whiteness is to hate a part of me. Yeah, is to, is to hate 
part of my line. Um, and that doesn't heal fucking anyone. It certainly doesn't heal me. It doesn't heal the earth. It doesn't heal the collective. So mm. how do I do the work that needs to be done in this lifetime um, to do better? Sure. Um, and, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, like there's so much trauma in the Irish part of my lineage and the white part of my lineage um, that has come through violence as well. Um, and the victims, you know, become perpetrators. The victims of colonization became colonizers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, like, it's just, it's a mess. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's a mess. There's no clear, there's clear no, concise. Exactly. There's no clear, concise way to understand it. But, you know, we can't carry the shame. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, we have to transmute and to alchemize the pain um, and, and do better and embody better in our own lives. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think I'm I'm interjecting because like um, I, again, I'm, I'm feeling totally seen in this whole interview process. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel very attacked Um, (laughs) because for years um, I purposely um denied my filipino heritage because Mm -hmm. i had a tremendously bad experience returning to the country after my mother passed away Mm. i was 12 years old at the time and it was so triggering for me like Mm. without spreading it out the story after my mum passed away my stepfather and i went to philippines um to return um but he stayed at one place he um put me up with one of his friends and his friend was a small family as well they had some kids and the youngest child just one day with the friends all of us in the living room just grabbed a knife and held it to my throat wow just went crazy like he legitimately went like snapped Mm. out of nowhere wow let your throat in this second and Everyone else just looked, mm. you know, and I spoke with them afterwards um, at the time. They're like, oh, it just happens. Like, we just have to let it go. Like, we can't do anything. We were all wow. like 10, 11, 9 years old, man. Yes. So, you know, to have a knife to your throat after your mum passed away. In that kind of situation, I just went, you know, if you want to do it, do it. Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? I was already half gone inside. Mm. Um. So that triggered so much of that desire to know about that part of my family. So I closed it up for years. Yes. You know, so I focused more on um, the ancestral roots of that lineage. Yes. Which um, were, you know, the Spanish. And Mm. I was raised with a lot of Spanish influence more so to a degree than my Filipino heritage. Yeah. Because um, that's how mum just did it. Mm. So then I focused more on my Irish side. Yes. Which is my father. So, Isn't that funny that we yeah. all have Irish side to us? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that was the plan, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Irish. Let's just go out to the world. Yeah, but it's interesting, Andreas, that you say that that um, you had shut the door on your Filipino side and mm. I had shut time. the door 
on my Irish like white side because of the traumas involved in those sides. Mm. I don't know if you did as well, Amy, kind of um, whether you shut the door a little bit on um, any particular side for a time being, but it sounds like the theme there is that when something is so traumatic, we shut the door on it, but actually what needs to be cultivated is perhaps more healing in that aspect mm. of, um, of who we are. Um, even if it is painful or where we come from as well. And I think it's, thank you for sharing that, Andreas. That's, um, yeah, yeah, wow. Um, you know, in the, like, the cultures that ha- were colonised so, you know, so many more years ago, um, the trauma, it almost can't be, like, what's the word, tethered for um, my Māori side, Um like we were colonized so recently and so actually we were connected to the land you know so recently it was only you know um recently that we were living in our truth and in our way and in our natural state so for me like I think I even glorified you know and I really like like craved that craved my indigeneity like craved that connection um because I thought it would it would bring me home and and it and it has and it is continuing to and on top of that it's so complex and there's so much pain and there's um still so much transgenerational trauma that um work that needs to be done um it's just so complex fucking hell it, it yeah. is it is really complex and but i think it's because it's coming up in today's conversation as well um it makes me realize how important those aspects are of our healing and mm-hmm. our seeking um because this particular this podcast is about healing and seeking and um all of the multifaceted e- elements and that the the non-linear aspect of um what it means to be um discovering the self at a more authentic place and it just reminds me of um, something that you said earlier remembering who you were before um Mm. I mean what does that really mean like remembering who you are Mm. yeah what does that mean for you um I'd love to I've got a perspective but I'd love to hear yours it's really multifaceted because um, we, I believe that we carry, well, I know that we carry, um, you know, past hurt or past, and past joy. Like, let's not forget, like, generational joy and pleasure and yep. um, all of the good juicy things as well, but certainly trauma. And so, um, you know, in the context that I was speaking about before, it's like I can really remember the time where my innocence was um, impeded upon like at six years old where I really had to stop being in my magical mind. I had to stop um, being in fully in my innocence and I was exposed to a new kind of world. And for me, before I was six um, is a time where I was more in tune with my authenticity, like what it is to be fully embodied in joy and like trust, trusting the world trusting that everything's going to be okay, trusting, you know, my connection to things um, and trusting the magic for people um, at all different ages, but often it's at around six, seven, eight years old um, where our, we start to be like severed from the magic a little bit. Mm. 
Yeah, so it's remembering that. And so that chi- that inner child aspect is really important as well. Totally. Um, and we have like the, mm-hmm. we have like who we are becoming, right? Like who we are in response to our environment, who we are in response to our parents and their pain and their, you know, stuff to society, like white supremacy, colonization, all of the things and systems that we live within, we're responding to that environment. And, and then we have our higher self, you know, then we have our spiritual self, uh, um, who I believe is, you know, how we want to be showing up in the world, like who we deserve to be. Um, so how do we stay in tune and connected to that part of us um, while we exist in these really fucked up environments? And how we make the most of what we are, who we are, our surroundings to become people of service, of creativity, of light and joy. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And, um, I mean, what practices um, are kind of fundamental to you now in remembering that? It's really interesting because I was thinking about this in the car before and, like, what are my spiritual practices now? And it used to be... Um, you know, I had like a huge altar that I would tend to every day. I would meditate twice a day. You know, now I'm in a season where I have three children, like two children that are under three. I'm like running a business. I'm working, you know, all the things. And Mm. I, what is my spiritual practice now? Because it certainly doesn't look how it used to. And for me, where I'm at right now is that, it's actually in my body and it's in my presence and it's mm-hmm. in my lens. Like it's, it, it is me where I once tended the altar. Like I realize I am the altar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's we. I think we were just talking about this not long ago or I was yeah. saying someone else, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it's, is. And, and that's, that's what's key and that's what's important. So it's like the, um, because there is this pressure. That's something that I've been thinking about as well. Is like there's this pressure to like in spiritual practice for it to be something um, that is always uh, tangible or physical or that you can sort of, I don't know, you know, present. But really it's about that embodiment and what is authentically happening in your inner sphere yes. and how is that resonating to um everything that is around you and it sounds like that's the space that you're in because you're in a season where you just don't have that time um to physically do all of the things exactly and that doesn't make it any less powerful like just Mm. to have an altar um it's beautiful and but it's hard work Mm -hmm. you know and it's like just to have an altar just to put on tiktok to instagram doesn't equate to power (laughs) you know like that goes back to what you said before like my body is the altar yes Mm. it is like once Mm. you take care of that that becomes a power that comes out because you still have your connection to your ancestors your spirits you still make venerations to it to your lineage with your own family and to your that's the way of honoring ancestors so when you do that you empower your spirits and empowering your spirits you get granted more i think light to continue to do the service that we're meant to do that is the key yes yes a hundred percent and like how am i engaging and experiencing every moment like how am i being with life um and being an expression of life and am i am i fucking in it 
Like, yes. Am I in it? Because that's where it's at. Like, that's, <laughs> it's, it's, um, yeah. We're here to be. Yeah, we're here to like, fuck up. <laughs> yeah, we're here to be all of the totality of this human like expression. And, you know, for me, like mothering is a deeply spiritual thing because I'm constantly like, it's so nonlinear. It is, I'm, you know, constantly um, fucking up. <laughs> so you know like or or like going around in the cycle and finding myself at a place that I thought I had overcome and being asked to like deepen in my self and like into love um, yeah. yeah yeah so yeah yeah I, I have a question again mm-hmm. I apologize love no questions. I'm not sorry I'm not sorry I'm not going to apologize for having any questions all right <laughs> <laughs> How, from your experiences from your personal life before children to now being, um, you know, I would say a a leader in this field, I would Mm. presume, because you embody this work in your daily life and it's really inspiring to hear, right? Mm. But how do you um, instill that or what could you say to other mothers or fathers or people um, on the precipice of thinking of having children or not, mm. how could you embody um, aspects of whether it's ritual or philosophy or spiritual engagement down to children or to Mm-mm. people? Does that make sense? So, yeah, totally. I had a, um, a kinesiology session the other day and the guy was like, oh, my um, wife, and I decided not to have children because we wanted to achieve self-mastery in our lives in this lifetime. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, like in my experience, parenting is liberation work. It is an opportunity to liberate ourselves from the systems and ideologies that have oppressed us um, for generations because when I'm entering into the space of parenting through, the le- through that lens of liberating my children um, and myself, like I, I make, I change the paradigm of, that, and of my sphere of influence, you know, like I make a different, I'm making different choices. Um, and it's really easy. My dad, when he was a young man, went and lived on a hill and sat in silence for six months doing yoga. And he was like, I came back, you know, I reached like a level of enlightenment and um, then I came back to earth and it was just like back to the same old shit, you know, like overstimulated, um, you know, falling back into bad habits because sitting on a hill by yourself alone, it's quite easy, you know, to feel really clear and to reach a level of like, I don't know, mastery, I suppose, within yourself um, and then put us in an environment where we are faced with with triggers day in and day out, where we are confronted with our own, with a mirror every single day of the ways in which we have been hurt or the ways in which we are, um, you know, uh, fucking not, not showing up to our highest capacity. Like that is raising kids. Um, And when we can do it in a way that is um, intentional and conscious, um, that certainly doesn't mean being gentle all the time or being like a martyr. Um, I think there's an opportunity there that is like deeply profound and powerful and spiritual. 
Right. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. would translate that as well to for people who are unable to have children or probably on the precipice of thinking no, that it would fall back into um, by still like hearing that and going, yep, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I could return that back to community. Yes. Right? And 100%. 100% totally. Yeah. And you don't, we can, we can look at that as exactly as reparenting ourselves and, yeah. and holding our own inner child. We don't have to, I'm like, we certainly don't need to have kids to be, um, you know, learning to reparent ourselves and, and being connected right. um, to ourselves in that way whatsoever. But I think we live in this culture where mothering and parenting are seen as oppressive um, and it's seen as though it's a sacrifice and that we martyr ourselves on the altar of motherhood. Right. But um, for me, it's, it's, the the power comes through seeing it in the opposite manner that motherhood can be expansive that it's on the altar of motherhood that we can truly um you know come to know ourselves in a really deep way and to heal our lineage um through the channel of parenting um and obviously there's multiple channels that we can heal our um lineage through um but i just think in this like matricidal you know where we are literally killing mothers where we have no value for mothering um, that we need, those of us with the privilege to, need to reclaim it as an expansive spiritual act of power. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I mean, I was just really resonating with that as well. Motherhood um, has been the most transformative um, part of my life, really, mm-hmm. um, because any time that I've wanted to give up, um, I can't because I have to give up yeah because I have to take care of this person and you know and I don't want to um but in in saying that it's the reparenting of myself as I parent her and if I was a single person or if I didn't have children or that wasn't on the 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 future line for me um it I know how important it is to um, come back to my own inner child and to reparent, really, really, truly reparent that. And also when in conflicts with other people um, to remember to see their um, hurt child as well, because I, I see that around so often you see all these people in pain and especially addiction and all of that kind of stuff. If you peel the layers off, you, you begin and have some compassion, you begin to see the, the child, the little child that is hurt. Yes. Um, all around. And I mean, I was just cruising through TikTok earlier today and I came across a, a page that was about showing the addiction problem uh, in the USA. And it was mm. just when you learn the story, it's always the pain that had happened to a person in their um their childhood and the importance of 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 what it is to um mother the self and perhaps they didn't have the right mothering um or that that mother wound how key and important it is and if you can't um sort of cultivate that depth of um care for physical children then you know return to mothering that little girl or that little boy that's inside as well and and, um, anytime that you're triggered or in pain to remember to take the time and space to go okay let's have a look who is really in pain here is it me now as a 35 year old woman or Mm -hmm. is it the little girl that um, felt like she was abandoned and coming back to that and remembering to care and love 
um, that multifaceted self. Um, I love that. Yeah, yes. I was say I really, really love that. That's a great reminder because yeah, I was thinking about that story I mentioned earlier about like the knife incident and when. Mm. Oh, I just wanted um, my mother at that point oh, honey. having it, you know. So you're like, yeah. It, yeah. It took me a while um, to learn how to become a good parent to myself because yes. for so many years I I was not. Mm-hmm. I was not <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, we're a society I, that's built on attachment issues we are all you know exactly. like, <laughs> like, <laughs> where's have, my phone where's my tiktok yeah literally like we have been so like this culture the hegemonic culture that we live within is rooted in separation like from the moment you conceive a child you are asked to separate from your intuition you are asked to separate from that child we you know i just served a woman the other day whose baby is only a few months old and she's in tears because she feels like she's failing because she sleeps with her baby on her and the and society's messaging is that baby should be sleeping alone at a few months old you know it's barbaric it's insane yeah um and we are all victims of that culture and so being able to embrace mothering and and parenting in general you know like fathers as well that's a whole other fucking portal but yeah <laughs> um you know, learning to mother ourselves, to mother each other, to return to mothering the earth and allowing her to mother us. Yes. Um, it's all integral. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm here for it. But I think that's a great um, space to sort of um, tie up today's episode. Um, and I think the message is coming through pretty dang clear to anyone that's listening. And I hope <laughs> that you get the time to really reflect on that as well, because this is, in, this is, this is key stuff mm. um, on the journey of being a seeker and on the journey of um, being a healer and healing and all of that nonlinear and ancestral and, um, you know, multifaceted aspects of, of simply being human. Yes. Um, and having that compassion for the human process as well, because no one has it figured out. We're all just no. uh, riding the waves. Riding We're the waves, baby. As we go along, exactly. Totally, yes. And, <clears throat> and because, um, and Amy, I don't know if you know this, but we always finish our um, episodes with a card pool. Amazing. Um, and, and then we Except give, it's like party. a yeah, it's like a Jerry Springer last words of the. Um... <laughs> what is your obsession with Jerry Springer? <laughs> Look, I'm a, I'm a little girl of the 90s. And... Yes. <laughs> Wagging and, uh... school and watching Jerry. And, I had and Ricky Oprah. Lake. I don't know what years wrong, but I, was, I had Oprah. <laughs> Oprah, the wholesome yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah, I did have the wholesome version. Yeah. <laughs> I always loved Jerry Springer's last words, and I'd be like, "Right on, Jerry." Yes. <laughs> right so, on. Um, but yeah. okay, do you want to pull a card? Yeah, that's what I'm doing already, Han. Okay. <clears throat> so, I'm shuffling the deck. So I'm using two decks today. I was really inspired by one deck in particular that's um, brand new, and it's from Rockpool Publishing. It's called the Medicine Woman Oracle by Catherine Mellard or Maillard. Um, that's probably butchering it, but that's Australian <laughs> for you. Um, but it's a beautiful deck. Um, the artwork just, I think you will resonate with it completely. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's very art. ancestral. It's colourful. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> and actually, I, I'll do something that I've always do to my um, students as well. So I'm going to shuffle. I want you to hold the emotion within your heart. You don't have to have a question per se, just perhaps 
um, what message for us today. And if you're listening at home or on the bus or on the train, you do that too. I want someone to please say stop when you feel ready. Stop. Thank you. <laughs> right now, thank you very much. <laughs> okay, now I also want to say um, top, bottom, or middle. Middle. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say middle as well. Ooh, oh, there we go. Ooh, okay. And I'm going to do it one more time. But this second deck is, you'll love this, um, um, Amalia. <laughs> Forgot her name. I was like, what, what's her name? What's her face? What's her face? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the Crystal Flashcards by Jess. Uh, lovely Jess. Jess from Mineralism. Yes. So I thought this would be a nice way to um, connect with the Oracle as well. What crystal and its energy perhaps could enlighten us with the message mm. the oracle card is the moon oh. and it represents it says lady moon gives you the keys to mastery mm. oh mystery sorry <laughs> can't read the other feminine power but the <laughs> crystal card is moldavite <gasps> no way! Oh. I was feeling I was feeling obsidian vibes, but like Moldavite is kind of on the same spectrum. I feel oh, even higher vibrational. Totally, totally. Mm. I, I mean, what what are you guys feeling with those cards after today's conversation? I mean, oh, for me, beautiful. okay. Well, what I'm what I've sort of um, connected to was when you pulled out the the moon. Mm-hmm. What I was feeling with the moon was really the connection, um, how we've been talking about the the mother and um, moon is connected to the feminine, and but it's also that darkness that's associated with the moon in the night, and um, not being afraid of the darkness um, that is associ- can be associated with the feminine because the moon is quite intuitive and you know to pay attention to that kind of um, you know feminine intuition that's how I sort of feel I love that I I definitely connect with that especially with the darkness aspect of it and that again comes back to my earlier phrase of like creation destruction right Mm. but when I look at the moon I see the eagle above her head and to me you know it sees beyond you know as a mother you have to I guess I'm sorry I'm, I'm talking as if I know but um from my perspective of my mom she always had to look over um you know into the future to provide to care what the what's coming ahead Mm. right but then when i look at the colors the energy of the womb and the sacral chakra is connected to the feet always constantly finding groundedness right and in the knees the circle energy there whenever there's issues with the knees i always say ah what are we inflexible about in life Mm. So it's about being flexible with the movements and change. Yes, love it. And Moldvite, hello, transformation. What it just um, has written here, cosmic expansion, mm-hmm. transformation, rebirth, and yeah. unity. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. And um, we'll share that picture on our um Instagram on our Instagram page. Um, but what about you, Amy? I'd love to hear your like 
your what's your perspective on this, please? Um, I love this card. It's so beautiful, um, mm. the imagery. And also, you know, Lady Moon gives you the keys to mystery and, and um, that's such a big one for me in like spiritual connection, not knowing and being able to surrender to the mystery, um, whether that be the mystery of birth, the mystery of transformation, the mystery of our lineage. Um, and it's funny, on the drive over here, I was talking to my kids about the moon and um, I was saying, you know, the reason why the moon is light is because it's the sun reflecting onto it. You know, it's the sun projecting mm-hmm. the light onto it that's illuminating. Science. Um, yeah, science, babes. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think the moon actually is in darkness and it's through shining the light upon it that it can be illuminated in all of its beauty and magnificence. And I think the same can be said for us and our shadows. And yeah, I like that. I think what as well, like, like I'm interjecting again, like, because we're on this portal, right? Of the the message, but if you're going to, not that I like to conform into just a masculine or feminine energy, I like to really see it more like light and dark. Mm. Um, but if you were to sit in that paradigm of masculine and feminine, and the traditional old school version of the feminine was the moon, and the masculine is the sun, mm. I would go the sun the masculine puts its light to the feminine to give her power and strength for us to grow in the darkness Mm. without mothers Mm -hmm. we cannot grow yes and we are yes yes and we are actually on this like precipice i feel or there's this like energetic shift that's happening where mothers are stepping into or questioning what it means to step back into like matriarchy or into that role in their lives. Um, I had a Tantra teacher once who said to me, um, you know, the masculine, if the masculine is the wine glass, the feminine is the wine and the masculine is holding and, you know, supporting the wine to be its magnificence, you know, its beauty and, and, and uh, deliciousness. Which I like. Industry and depth and deliciousness to drink. And knowing that we have, (laughs) you know, um, it doesn't mean male, female. Yep. Yes. And that's it. It's the wholeness and the one because that's what it all is. It's all that wholeness. And so even out here on planet Earth and out here in this galaxy and this universe and all of these aspects at the end of the day, it's all just one. Yep. Yes. Yes, Whoa, it is. Man. Whoa, man. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. But that's, wow. um, I think we've reached the end of today's We've reached episode. a beautiful combination. Thank you oh. so much, Amy, for sharing. It's really lovely to connect, e-connect with you yes. over this technology form, but I can't wait to meet you in life as well and your children. Yay. Um, can you please um, tell us for everyone just to remind how can they reach you? How can they find you? Yes. Yeah, so I, my name is Rip Snorter on Instagram. I had a download that maybe I should change that to something more professional. The other day. <laughs> I, I think I'll leave it. Um, and my leave website it. is the stoned chrysalis.com. So that's where um, people can read about my offerings or connect with me. Um, I'm offering a 12 week mentorship at the moment. It's actually sold out, but, um, I'll be doing that again. So yeah, the stonedchrysalis.com is where you will find most of my stuff. Yep. 
and we'll yep. we'll put that down in the um the information part of where this podcast goes up amazing everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. yeah <laughs> but thank you so much yeah thanks for joining us i think we got some really great um nuggets and thank you for sharing um parts of your life and i i hope that it really helps um whoever you are listening um, and that you are inspired in um, these beautiful journeys that of being human. Exactly, definitely. And if you have any questions for us, yeah. please do not be afraid to hit us up on Instagram or TikTok or wherever we are. I don't know anymore, but <laughs> you can find us everywhere. <laughs> All right. Thank Thanks, you so guys. much for your time. I love you. Right. Bye. Bless you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.